myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is comedian Parker Slavens. Parker Slavens is a comic I've known since he was t- 16, about 10 years ago. He came to open mics as a 16-year-old with his mom, and then he came back in his early 20s after taking a little brief time to kind of go through school and get, I guess, established as a college student. Parker now is a opening act here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, as well as other cities. Parker is the most innocent lamb I know. He's very sheltered. He's He grew up in a very, I guess conservative household we'll get into that in this episode and then we'll get into his fear that i really relate to which is feeling like you overstayed your welcome that uncomfortable feeling of not knowing when to leave a situation whether it be a conversation a party uh intimate encounter of you know just date or any of those things i always struggle with this myself so i really relate to this So let's get into it right now with my friend, Parker Slavens. We are here with my friend, comedian, and other half of the before and after podcast. Depending on how you want to look at that logo, (laughs) he could be the before, he could be the after. That's right. The innocent lamb of the (laughs) Dallas comedy scene. The innocent lamb. Parker You are. You are. You've had two girlfriends in your life, okay? You are the <laughs> innocent lamb. You are correct, yeah. You have, in go, if you've watched Game of Thrones, you are the unsullied. That's your new stage, and Parker unsullied stage. That's right, yeah. I... How have you been doing this weekend, Parker? Things are good, you know, staying busy. I'm back in school, so I'm just like doing that all online. And uh, working at a hotel as a night auditor. Mm-hmm. What does a night auditor do? You like balance all of the uh, revenue for the day versus like what the okay. cash and credit card versus like what was paid. And then okay. you're there from like 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And it's grueling those last like three hours. <laughs> so... If I wanted to describe Parker, I would say he is a combination of Rick Moranis and Peter Parker. Hey. Like you look like you look like the young version of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. That's what you look like. You look like like him when he was somewhat cool. Right. Yeah. This is Ghostbusters era Rick Moranis. Uh Yeah, you're the neighbor that's hey, I've got a party going on if you want to come over. Yeah. <laughs> and they never come. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They never show up, dude. I really, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, someone said I look like Rick Moranis, and I've like really leaned into it. I was like, you're right, I do. Rick Moranis would be jealous of your hair. Yeah. I'm, I'm certain of that. Yes. <laughs> I'd be jealous of his success, but. Well, you're still young. Right. And you're a very interesting case because you start, you've done comedy now how many years? 
if we're talking since the first time I've been on stage uh, in October, mm-hmm. it'll be 10 years. And how old are 26. you? 26. So you started at the tender age of 16. Yes. Yeah. What was what made you at a 16 year old want to do stand up? Like, how did you get your parents to say, hey, take me to Dallas Fort Worth for this open mic? I want to do this. Right. So I had been doing magic for like since the fifth grade. And I would like get booked and do magic shows for like Chamber of Commerce events and uh, birthdays and whatnot. And then I just kind of like phased out of that and then saw the movie Funny People. And I was like, this looks like fun. I should, And I didn't realize that people wrote jokes. Like, I always loved stand-up. But I didn't understand the process. And so I just started writing jokes. And then it was the, like, fall of 2010. I uh, got a lytic lesion on my bone. And we had to go to Cook's Children's Hospital to get, like, MRIs done and stuff. And we found out everything was fine. And I just asked my mom can we go to this open mic? And her first thought was, of course, uh, who's going to let, what bar is going to let a 16-year-old in? Uh, (laughs) Thinking I get to say yes, and they'll tell him no, it's going to be perfect. What a surprise for (laughs) Right, yeah. They let me in, and then uh, as long as I... They let you in, you let you in briefly. We let you in to do your set, and then you had to go sit on the patio like a child to just sit outside. So you and your mom would have to sit on the patio for, I would say we, I would say you were kind of grandfathered in to going a little bit early. They weren't going to make you stay till one in the morning. Right. So they knew we were driving from Eastland, Texas. So it was a two hour drive. And, uh, so at the time it was Patricia, she was the one running it. And so she let me go up second block all the time. And that was, Mm -hmm. Super cool because I was still getting home at like three in the morning. So, what was your magician name? Uh, were you just Parker Slavens or were you like the, the amazing Parker Slavens? <laughs> <laughs> so creative, yeah, so yeah. wildly. <laughs> so, was the magic trick that your mom would be pride? Like, I will make your, pri- <laughs> your pride in me disappear yeah. with one swoop. I will go from magician. <laughs> I'll go from one dead-end creative career to another. Yep, yeah. <laughs> right before your very eyes. <laughs> right before your very eyes, I will, I will make you regret the fact that you let me be creative. Right. And, <laughs> and now we're here. Uh, <laughs> still in college Abracadabra. at 26. Uh, <laughs> Abracadabra, I still don't have a degree. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could make one of those appear. It would. Yes. So what? How does your mom feel about your comedy? Has she come to shows? She's been. She's definitely been to the most shows out of anyone in my family, uh, not including mm-hmm. the open mics. But like, I think that uh, that like two hour drive back and forth, like really gave us a different level, like a new kind of bond, you know, of like just the, mm-hmm. hanging out and like talking to each other. And so uh, she's definitely on board and thinks it's great that okay. I do it. Yeah. I was going to say, because it is a two-hour drive, so I was like, you know, has her fandom kind of waned in the later years now that you're you're more of a regular? It's not, you know, like, I'm sure, like, the first few times, like, oh, my gosh, I'm coming. I'm bringing friends. Right. Yeah. Uh, she came to the New Year's show this year and, like, brought my mm-hmm. stepdad and my great aunt. 
uh and like had a great time and yeah Mm -hmm. they love hyenas but uh you know they live so far away so they're they're just not going to be coming out that often yeah yeah they come to like milestone shows yeah yeah that's still a cool occasion to come out yeah for sure did she did did was it weird watching her and your stepdad kiss on New Year's? Like as as you're counting down, you're trying to look away. From, Luckily, like, I wasn't near them. They were sitting in the back. <laughs> yeah. Do you and your stepdad have like this awkward tension at all, or are you? We're just... pretty cool. Like uh, we get along really well, which I think is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a CPA and uh, he flies planes, and you know, every time we hang out, we have a good time. So yeah, that's cool. So does he is he kind of influencing your degree and helping you with the hotel auditing thing where you're doing? Because that's kind of sounds like count accounting. I didn't know if that was what you're pursuing in college as well. Uh, I'm pursuing marketing, but uh, mm-hmm. he definitely there. You have to get like a business basics degree or course, mm-hmm. and he definitely helps me a lot in the accounting classes and those. And it is a uh, night auditing is definitely accounting. And he, if I ever have a question, I just give him a call. That's good. That's good that he's accessible like that and I guess flies airplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's his hobby. I was like, that's a cool hobby, man. Yeah. So growing up in Eastland, your life was very sheltered, I would say. Your 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 eyes are being opened as you're in college, I'm sure, to what the what is what this? Is the and, world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll puff this and pass. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> right what is this feeling my body feels all tingly you know just yeah <laughs> i experimented in college uh <laughs> certainly <laughs> experiment i talk i talk to people of different <laughs> ethnicities and yeah <laughs> yeah wow i have friends we only had one of you in eastland uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are some stories from eastland that i will won't share for but there, I will say some comics were very, very, very much like nervous in some areas of your town. I put on like three shows there, like in 2018. And uh, yeah, definitely I could tell that some comics were on, un- uh, felt uneasy. Uh, Laurent said that our courthouse looked like the courthouse from To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> That is very ominous. Yeah, he was like, man, I got to get out of here. Uh, (laughs) Texas does have its pockets of very, I guess, conservative Christian values. And just because you grew up in that kind of lifestyle doesn't mean you're bound by it. And so I I can tell you're definitely somebody that doesn't, you know, doesn't embrace that, you know, that kind of lifestyle. You're actually someone that willing to talk and you know you do definitely engage in other you know and people with people of different walks of life whether it be ethnic financial religious for sure yeah uh i don't i think i moved around a lot because my dad was a preacher growing up so we moved like Mm -hmm. three times or four times during like my from elementary to high school and i think that that helped a lot with having to or learning that like everyone has some most people are interesting if you just let them talk to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so since your dad was a preacher, mm-hmm. every time you get in trouble, did you have like a sermon? 
Uh, if you, Bible, now, if you turn to your Bible in <laughs> Ephesians. Bible verses were brought out. When I first started stand-up, <laughs> like, uh, the church kind of looked down on it. And uh, definitely, I don't remember which Bible verses they used, but they were like, you know, God says here, your word is the most important thing that you do. And, I was, and you know, I was being raunchy because I was like a 16-year-old kid. And that's where your mind is then. And uh, yeah, so they were like definitely telling me that I shouldn't be doing stand-up and citing Bible verses as to the reasons why. I could just imagine your dad, like, you just getting in trouble, and you were just praying that you didn't have to pray. Yeah, like yeah. You, just, <laughs> you need to go up to your room and ask the Lord to focus on getting better grades. You need to ask yeah. the Lord how you can make better choices. Yeah, dear Lord, please let them get off my back. I... <laughs> please, Lord, let my dad loosen up. Yeah. Like, Please, Lord, let me have this. Let me let my dad see me smoke weed and be cool. Yeah. And <laughs> Never was. Uh, I got caught once in high school and I got grounded for like three months. It was three months. Yeah. So was that like a was that like a biblical three months or what do you mean? Like, uh, like I, I didn't know if there was like a like Job or. Windows, oh, yeah. But... <laughs> He just slowly took more things away from her. He just, like, Joby just took more fun away. Yeah, over the time. At first it was the car, then it was the phone, and then and when, whenever the I had nothing left, he gave it all back and said, see, this is what forgiveness is, and this is what God does for you. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting that I didn't realize. That explains a lot of your innocence, I would Definitely. call it. Definitely, so do you super rebel against comedy? I feel like you've toned it back. Like you're one of the cleaner, I would say. Comic. Definitely. I've toned it back. Uh, it was just like, you know, like I said, at 16, mm -hmm. you know, the only thing you're thinking about is sex and drugs and partying. And it's like the only thing you want to do. And you think that, you know, living a rock star lifestyle is the best thing. And uh, so that's like where my head was. And that's where all my jokes were. And plus the like comedians that influenced me were like, Anthony Jeselnik and uh, Daniel Tosh and they like definitely were are the kind of people that like push that line definitely not squeaky clean yeah. influences I was gonna say it's super cool your mom I would wonder what your dad would have thought of your open mic <laughs> just going to open mic and seeing that because one of the hardest things is to kind of more or less align with who you are as a person like you you kind of askew to extremes opposites of who you really are like if you always felt like you're the goody two-shoes then on stage you try to be the super bad boy and you realize right. that's not who i am you want to be that like you said you want to be the jessel nick and you know but then you realize as nothing seems to land that it doesn't align with who you really are on the inside and when you start to embrace i am kind of geeky yeah and, then you know you find people laugh because it's more of a i guess it's more realistic perception when you go up there in a bow tie i'm yeah as you often do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think people buy the dirty from you right you're, you're just too innocent and it comes across as a non like genuine yeah like phony and it's like you were saying like the uh like you're integral who you are i think the audience can definitely perceive that 
even if you can't, right? Yes. And so like figuring that out is like a big part of the process in comedy. And I do feel like to an extent, like the past year, I've been going through like an existential crisis with comedy Mm -hmm. and like, who am I and what's the, what is my goal? And I kind of stopped adhering to the like ladder that is set out for you. Like Mm -hmm. you become an MC, then you become a feature. And once you're a feature, you try to work the road and then you try to become a headliner. And it's like, there's all these different steps. And I was just like, I feel like I should just focus on like trying to figure out what I want out of this more than just like blindly following this path. I kind of approach it from early on. I was like, this is going to be my career. This is, I'm and I would just headlong just ram my head against a door that maybe won't open, but I would just, as a battering ram, just keep throwing myself against it. And when I wasn't even an opener, like for the first two or three years of comedy, I was literally always going last. Mm-hmm. You know, I at, at year three, I had embraced the fact that maybe I'm not as good at this. And I feel like that sometimes is a revelation as to when you're not getting something and you feel, you know, you see other people getting it, your peers, somebody you started with, or even worse, somebody that started months or years after you is all of a sudden just is, I guess, going up the mountain and you're still stuck at the bottom Mm -hmm. that I kind of just took away from that. And it started to become a game of golf for me. I just... I embraced the fact that I went last and it was me against the stage. It was me against the crowd. It was it wasn't it wasn't me against another comic. Okay, we're both yes, we're all going for the same gig at some point. You know, we're all competing, but that doesn't mean that I have to that I have to see you as a as a competition every time. Right. I do see you as competition when we're on the same show. Like if you get a certain amount of laughs, like okay, I need to, you know, oh, he's really bringing it, you know, then it it motivates me. I still try to bring it as much as possible. But when you see someone else destroy, you're like, okay, then you, your, your instinct comes out as I've got to do this too. I can't, you know, I can't, there's no, there's no relaxation for me. There's no, there's no where I can feel like, oh, if I don't get something here, no big deal. On the same token, if they're not laughing at anything and you're going you're giving them Beethoven, your your Beethoven's third up there, and yeah. they're just not responding. You're like, okay, well, you know, it's not, it's definitely not him. You know, this audience right. is going to be tough, and if I can get, you know, something from them, then I still feel like an accomplishment versus, oh, he's getting nothing. I better get a standing ovation. You know, just right, yeah. You're hedging your expectations for sure. I, I've always been pretty good at like not like comparing myself to other comedians. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my friend Jimmy, mm-hmm. he uh he like started getting feature dates like eleven months in. And I was his first phone call because he knew that I wouldn't be like, How'd you get that? What yeah. why you? He knew that I There wasn't that there wasn't the oh, you know, that that yeah. quick oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> reply yeah <laughs> well and, and and it's natural i and i understand it's all natural we're all we all have an ego and that's what i realize is nobody linda stogner has told me this a long time ago is nobody is doing this as a hobby they may say right. it's a hobby like oh i don't you know i'm not look if anybody's offered a paid gig they're gonna say 
yes, yes. more often than not. Unless it's some outlandish, like we, we need an hour and a half of biblical clean material. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then if you say yes, you're you're probably in, in doing more harm for yourself. Yeah. yeah. But for the most time, people are going to do it. They're going to jump at those opportunities. And so yeah. you have to, you just kind of embrace the fact that you're doing this with a group of people. Right. That also, yeah, that are like wanting the same things. And even if you, maybe you don't agree, like even like your personalities don't match, you can still like respect them in their mm -hmm. pursuit. And like, you know, and I forgot who said it, but someone said comparison is the thief of joy. That was me. That was you. That's right. That was you. <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> or it was but, it was me or it was somebody else around me. And I've said that that it it definitely it definitely takes away. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. I would try to help people and my help sometimes got a little over I would overreach on people. Early on, before before I got into my position, I am with hyenas. I would, yo, you need to try this, 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 and this, and I right, and I didn't realize it until somebody told me. It's like you're you're making me feel bad for doing this. You're making me feel because of your advice and telling me this is what I'm doing wrong or what I should do. Right. Instead of asking and just offering, and so I I kind of toned it down. Yeah, you were one of the first people that suggested I uh, like clean it up, and I adhered to, to that advice. And then I started emceeing. So yeah. you are, you know, you are the, I guess right now, top or one of the top MCs. And the and I love emceeing mm -hmm. is the thing is that I don't understand the like people hate it, and like I love doing the blowjob shots. I'm having fun. <laughs> You have. You've come a long way, and people will wonder, like I said, the new MCs, when I point them to you to watch, to say, see how he does things. Everybody grades MCs on material, and I'm like, the material is the last piece. The material is just a gift right. that you get to do in addition to all this other stuff that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. For doing announcements and bringing up comics and making sure the show keeps on, you know, that there's not a, a lull between you, the feature, the feature, the headliner, the headliner, and them walking out the door. Yeah. You get to do 10 to 15 minutes up top to make sure that everybody is stopped getting in their drink order, stopped talking amongst themselves. And their yeah. eyes are on the stage. It, it isn't that you get a standing ovation and you have the set of the night. Yeah, because you're not going to. They're going almost every time they'll have forgotten mm -hmm. about you. They will have forgotten about you until they see you as they walk out and like, you were good too. Oh, also you. Yeah. Which it totally makes sense because it's not my show. Yes. You know? Yeah. I remember Carl LaBeouf gave me great advice. He said, you're, you're hosting a party mm -hmm. and you're introducing your friends that you're going to make these people as friends mm -hmm. during your set. And then you're going to introduce them to your funnier friends and you're going to have a ball. So just have fun with it and don't take it to take it seriously, but don't stress, I guess. It really helped me realign, like not fumbling over everything yeah. there for a while i would like stutter or mm -hmm. forget people's credit yes carla bove is one of is 
probably my favorite comic. And it's one of those things where I, he was not my favorite comic when I started, but he's my favorite comic that I've watched after seeing yeah. comedy live. After I became a comic and I started watching, he was my ultimate, I want to be that. Right. I, wa- I want to have that level of commit. I want that level yeah. of, I will risk bodily injury for the laugh. Right. I definitely agree. And he's so, uh, yeah, like you said, committed to making it happen. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite weekends was getting to open for him. As we go down this comedy memory train here, we, this podcast isn't all comedy. We also talk about fears and you have a really, you have a really unique fear because I've had, I have this fear all the time and it's because like you, I was kind of sheltered growing up and it still Mm -hmm. haunts me because I don't have a lot of friends. So I don't have the network to do. Yeah. So go ahead and explain what your fear is. It's uh, like overstaying my welcome Mm -hmm. or being somewhere where I'm not wanted. Yeah. And that could be in conversation at somebody's house. Yeah. On a Zoom call. Uh, (laughs) No. Yeah, or like in a business relationship, like yeah. when when it starts to sour, like you're like, oh, okay, or a regular relationship. Mm-hmm. That's a good one because for me, it's conversation. I mm-hmm. if my biggest bugaboo is I don't know how to begin or end a conversation with somebody. Like it will, yeah, I will want to talk. Like I'll hear a conversation going, oh, I have something for that, and I'll jump over there, and I I can either. Uh, 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 I start to interrupt. Yeah. This is, podcast has kind of helped with that. Like it has helped me give and take rather than as your minute you start talking, oh, I got something to hear to talk over you about. Right. Yeah. Like it's helped with like learning the timing of the conversations are kind of like music. They have like a inherent rhythm and depending on yeah. who they're with. And if you're off on your rhythm, they do not yeah. like your music. <laughs> they, <Yeah. laughs> they, will t- they will pack up their musical instruments and they will walk away. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go over to the, out of the band. <laughs> we are having creative differences right now. And yeah. <laughs> we don't want you in this band. Who was it? Uh, during like my, so I started at 16 and then I couldn't really do it at like a real capacity at 16 i w- it was like 19 years old before i was like doing it at least 3 times a week mm-hmm. and uh when i came like back more around like on my own at 19 without my mom uh everyone was new everyone becomes new like every year mm-hmm. and i would try to like make friends and join conversations and they would just disperse <laughs> like the group would just leave and i was like all right i guess i'll just hang out alone <laughs> until <laughs> It's like the school cafeteria. It, yeah, it was exactly. You put your tray down and everybody else got up and left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. Cool, guys. So, <laughs> yeah. so 3.30, right? We're going to hang out at 3.30. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, you, you, had, you just had your mom, I would say, the first times I, I saw you. And then, like I said, once you came back in the 2014, 13 and 14, you kind of, yeah. you ended up latching in with, a group of current feature acts now like Mana, Jimmy, Laron, Lawrence. Yep. You kind of launched in with that, I guess, group and kind of uh, ascended with them. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Uh 
but we all like start that we all started at that same time. Like Mana moved from Indiana, but other than that, we all kind of started hanging out and we would go to that what is it? That pizza Chicago pizza mm-hmm. that was like the spot after open mics on Wednesdays. And that was the first time I didn't feel like I was unwelcome, you know? And that's mm-hmm. why I, it felt like it was a real friend group. Do you think that comes from like being in a, I guess, strong Christian household that, that you get that feeling of that kind of coldness sometimes of like, we're done uh, here, like that finality? Yes. And I would definitely attribute it to my older siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, you have, I didn't know you had. Yeah, I have. As I didn't know you had siblings. Yeah, I have a uh, I have blood. I have a uh, older sister and a younger brother, but then I have like three or four four older step siblings on both sides, mm-hmm. and then like one younger step sibling. So, so you definitely felt like the odd one out. Like you felt like you couldn't. You had no one in your family that you were really super close with. That's odd. Your mom or. Yeah, my mom and my little brother now, but at, he's eight years younger than me. So it wasn't until I was already graduated <laughs> and he was like in high school that we started like getting along, you know? Yeah, just watched cartoons together. That was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the new episode of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. But uh, definitely my older sister used to tell me every day that I was annoying and no one wanted me around and uh, that (laughs) nobody liked me. And now she's like, she wants to be friends now as adults. And I was like, I don't know, man. I just don't know. (laughs) Well, it, I will say there is a society mechanism that certain, certain attributes you go against kind of the norm. So they kind of, they do at a younger age, push you out. Right. As they get older, they realize, oh, that's actually a good quality. Like, I, I'm i a pretty good person. But mm-hmm. as a kid, you get taken advantage of and bullied and things of yeah. that nature. But as you get adult, people then lean on you. They come talk to you. They, you know, they realize that you're someone of value. And it's one of those things where your value is not initially set like a athlete somebody that's a jock or really good looking or really right. popular yes you're a behind the scenes that add later in life like oh i don't understand why we didn't get along yeah you, i don't yeah. understand either and if i could it's one of those things where i spent a lot of my life trying to impress people that i shouldn't have instead of just being okay with who i am same boat here like i definitely I think that's how I got good at reading a room, though, mm-hmm. is that like uh, I was waiting for like the shoe to drop and like be like, OK, the temperatures change. It's time for me to go. And even like when other people bring will bring that up to me, mm-hmm. like I would be at a friend's house and they'd be like, oh, so and so came over and he just would not leave. I'm like, that's a hint. I need to get out of here. <laughs> have you, uh, do you have a story where you overstayed a welcome? Uh, not where I've. Oh, not where I've done it, just but out of because I've mm-hmm. been so afraid of it that I have not done it. But uh, you're like the one first way. to leave. Like, oh, look at the time. <laughs> always, always. You've only gotten <laughs> like, here like ten minutes. Oh, oh, jeez, tick tick, gotta go. So this most recent girlfriend, our first date, we were talking on Snapchat, and she invites me over. It's like one a.m., and I was 
and I'm, you know, innocent and naive and I don't know what to do. Uh, so I'm like, all right, let's go. But I had been drinking. So I had my younger brother drive me because he was like hanging out for a couple weeks during quarantine. And uh, I told I told him, I was like, hey, s- stick around, you know, cruising around. Don't don't just go right back home. Uh, don't leave. And I me. go in. Yeah, I go in and like things are going well. Uh, the vibe has been checked. The coast is clear. And I go to text him. Hey, man, you, you're free to go. I'll, I'm probably going to stay the night here. And then I look up from my phone and the three, her and her roommates are all staring at me. And she says, you can just go if you want. And I immediately texted him. Never mind. Turn around. <laughs> and then Wait, I, stop the car. Stop yeah. the car. Text, so me your, I was like, text me your location. I'll come find you. Right. And then I, I was like, all right, we'll wait about a, a solid 10, 15 minutes. And then I'll be like, all right, time to go. And uh, that's exactly. And I was there for maybe 25 minutes total. I'm going to stay the night here. What? What? Like you were you were that magical on a first date. Like, oh, yeah, this is. She invited me over at 1 a.m. I, <laughs> I definitely I've... expected <laughs> I feel like it was one of those things where I feel like she invited you, but didn't think mm-hmm. you would take the bait. Like, maybe we'll do something tomorrow. And then when you said, okay, like all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. no. And then, yeah, I think so. And then, like, we didn't talk for several days after that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we hung out again. They were just but, getting, they were just running your background check the whole time. Right. <laughs> okay. We, Apparently, they all sat around and tried to figure out why I left. They were like, what did we do wrong? It's me. I'm insecure. Don't worry about it. Yeah. What did you do wrong? You accepted me with no issues whatsoever. You could have told me something I needed to work on. I would have stayed. But if yeah. you, you just thought I was cool, which is not anything. Yeah. That's suspicious. Yeah. If anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't I can't do Jimmy John's of that. Like I, I get weirded out when people have you ever been to a Jimmy John's? Uh, I've only had it delivered. Okay. When yeah. you go into the restaurant, like everybody stops what they're doing oh. and is like, Hey, welcome to Jimmy John's. And that is a, as someone that was bullied their whole life, that's a red flag. That is that <laughs> fake, you know, that that's that I'm um, shit's yeah, about to yeah. go down. Like you see your bully and he's friendly with you. Yeah. You're like, Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, This is bad. This is, this is going to end badly. I am yeah. about to be publicly humiliated. Yeah. I have never that, gone into a Jimmy John's since just because it, wow. it terrified me so bad. I was like, this is not, this took me right back to middle school. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. You, yeah. I would have loved it if you just turned around and walked out immediately. <laughs> Why can't you be like Subway and barely look at me while you make my sandwich? Yeah. I want you to have regret <laughs> or Jersey Mike's where, where one person, it doesn't even do my hand like sandwiches. It's done by three people. Cause they can't, they can't look at me that they can't even can sustain icon can be long yeah. enough to like do the toppings and the cut. Like they have a separate person to cut it because the person that did right. the toppings is like, I'm through with you. I, I can't yeah, deal I've with had you. Enough. I can't <laughs> deal with your bullshit. Your, your add this, subtract that bullshit. Yeah. You know what? I got to de-stress. Cut his sandwich. Wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> Make him pay. Yeah. I. Uh, by the way, Jersey Mike's is the superior one anyway. Yes. So yeah. Number nine all the way. Number nine. What's number nine? That's uh, the uh, the club uh, supreme with bacon, Swiss okay. roast beef, turkey, ham. Oh. 
And then Love I get, it. Then I get lettuce, tomato, onions, banana peppers, pickles, yes. relish, may, mustard, mayo, and the vinegar and oil shake. Nice. I yeah, the Mike's way every yeah. time. I I always get the California Club with mm-hmm. jalapenos added. Yeah. Ooh. Spicy. Yeah, bacon, Spicy turkey, Parker. Avocado. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. I love the cold subs. Like I I'll sometimes get a hot sandwich, but Yeah. But the cold ones are just so good. On that yeah. rosemary palm bread. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So that was that's a really funny story of you didn't overstay your welcome, but made them think <laughs> made the other yeah. people feel like you had oh, they had done something to make you feel overstayed your welcome. Yeah. And so I'm, I guess I'm like working on that and like trying to like have reaffirming mantras like people like you, Parker, and they, they want to hear from you. Why don't you do a podcast on, on your own since you do a podcast uh, with Tony Casillas? Yes. And Tony's now, Tony's now branching out to also doing a podcast where he talks to people. Mm-hmm. You should do a podcast about overstaying your welcome and just see <laughs> and just see how long you can stay in the conversation before and then before they make them wrap it up at at the end of the at the end of the podcast you have to ask them have i overstayed my welcome yeah (laughs) and they have to answer yes or no yes i think i might do that now (laughs) it's such a fun idea i was like as soon as you said this fear is like oh what better way to work on it than to just right do it until until i have yeah. yeah you know what is it? Uh, like if you have arachnophobia, they make you look at spiders like exposure therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, that's what yeah. I want to do with this podcast about fears is I didn't want to confront. I didn't. Somebody was like, I'm ready to confront. I was like, oh, hold on. We're not confronting your fear. We're not yeah. going to. You know what? I'm afraid of heights. So you know what we're going to do today? We're going to go up and get on a heights. No, I just yeah. want you to as a comic, because this is how I've dealt with my issues as I made jokes about it, but making right. jokes and writing about it means you have to think about it, go back to that time. Yeah. Make peace with, with the fact that that happened. Yeah. Because up until then it was like, you know, I'm, I'm such a monster. Right. I've definitely do the same thing and definitely writing a joke about it is like the best therapy. Mm-hmm. And I've realized going through this breakup, and not having open mics to go to, that I think the only way I've processed any emotion for the past 10 years <laughs> has been writing jokes and doing them on stage. You will be doing that this this coming weekend. This unfortunately won't air like this. I think you're doing Fort Worth this weekend or next weekend, I'm sorry. Next weekend, yeah. So you're doing Dallas the 17th, 18th, and 19th. And then you'll be in Fort Worth. Yeah. Do you know when the mics are coming back? I do not know when the mics are coming back. And I don't know if they'll be after the show. I've been doing this and getting this launch. Like today was my yeah. launch. And I realized, I didn't realize, I was thinking, you know what? I'll put them out at midnight tonight. Mm-hmm. And they'll all be in everybody's podcast by the morning. Yeah. And that is not how Apple Podcast works. How long does it take? It, it could take like, 24 hours. Like they check your feed every 24 hours. But if you, you a minute after that 24 hour sketch, then it could be 48 hours. So it could be the right. whole day. And then the next day that it checks that. And I'm yeah. like, well, lesson learned. Yeah. I, uh, Apple podcast was always weird with like the upload times. It was always like way later than on Spotify or Stitcher mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah. 
I get that they're probably checking, you know, and making sure there's nothing unwanted, you know, or anything yeah, that's super crass. Like you're yeah. saying it's clean, uh, you know, and clean and it's all fuck this bit, you know, all explicit yeah, content. Yeah. yeah. yeah and podcasts for children. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just one of those things too. They check and make sure you're not just throwing stuff out there. If you're not doing it right, they will, they will punish you. Yeah. Reprimand you. Yeah. yeah. And so I was made sure I linked with them a couple weeks ago with trailer and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of tedious, like the show notes and making sure everybody gets the credits for the credits. and Right. Yeah, definitely. It's like it's a whole production. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Joe Rogan has like several people who help him with his. And I do it all by myself. Like I started yeah. this in July. I was like, all right. I'm starting this. It's, I want to make sure I master it before I launch. And I was like, when's a good day to launch? I, was th- I always thought Mondays would be the best. Mm-hmm. to start your I think week. that's a great day too yeah you know people it, by Friday people are, are less caring to do stuff like maybe if they're really fans yeah but Monday is back to work back to driving you know what do yeah and it become it it starts your Monday ritual and so I was like all right that's every, right yeah you're all business on Monday like I've got my lunch prepared by Wednesday yeah. you're like fuck this let's go to CC's or Taco yeah. Bell <laughs> also Keeping it consistent is mm-hmm. like key because people are creatures of habit. So if it's not there on Monday and it's there like on a Wednesday and then it's there on a Thursday, then it's there on a Monday, people won't listen to it because they have to like get in the groove of, oh, I'm fixing my morning coffee on Monday. Oh, yeah. Ryan's got a new podcast out. Let's yeah. put that on. Well, if they're making podcasts for 45 minutes, then. They're doing, they're really making sure this coffee is finely crafted. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which I learned from Anthony Fink. He likes to make coffee. Like he's like a barista at home. Like he does like the gourmet coffee. I was like, huh. Interesting. Yeah. You learn something about your fellow people that you may not know by doing this. And I've, I've learned a lot. Treat yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. So how do you try to, I guess, get over your fear of not fe- overstaying your welcome. Like how do you, how do you try to find that, I guess, balance of we're in a, right. s- a safe spot to leave, but not feel like we're just abandoning. Yeah. I've been trying to like work on being present mm-hmm. and not so over analytical about the, what is it? I guess just the uh, temperature of the room is mm-hmm. what I would call it. Okay. Or like being over considerate mm-hmm. I think is also like a, a pitfall of thinking you're overstaying your welcome like oh mm-hmm. you know we finished what we said we were gonna do mm-hmm. I'm out of here you know yeah because I always feel like that leaves a bad taste if they're not done but you give them cues that you're done right yeah and even if you know it's I'm projecting maybe I am done and uh, but I'm like thinking that they're done mm-hmm and so I leave. I've de- I've definitely feel like friendships I've had or friendships that could have been more, mm-hmm. you know, like become better friend, closer friends, like have ended because of that. Interesting. So. Yeah, I've I've lost all my friend group before comedy. Like my pre comedy friends, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up as quickly as they did, and so they outgrew me. Right. And so comedy kind of taught me a lot about where. I guess my pitfalls were beforehand. Like I, 
I didn't like the person I was, and mm-hmm. I'm not much different, but I am a lot more sober and a lot more comfortable with who I am. So that makes it different to the new people that see me versus the old people where I would try to, I guess, I don't know if you've ever watched like basketball halftime, like they have that one lady on the unicycle with the plates and she, yeah, she yeah. <laughs> can put plates from her head to her feet. I felt like I was doing that with all the things that I was embarrassed about myself. Like I was trying to to keep them, right. keep all the this persona up, but not reveal all these plates of possible depth or something that I yeah. thought would make me feel different or they would stop talking to me. And I did it with booze. And then all of those plates would just come crashing down. Yeah. And it would it would result in my friends being embarrassed to be seen with me. You know, I would right. I would end up saying something that I shouldn't have said because it's something mm-hmm. that was a private conversation. And even though it happened like months or years ago, it was still a private conversation. And I I would have at varying degrees of regard for that and it would just come out and it was it yeah. It definitely would rub people the wrong way. Right. And uh, I definitely have been that person as well, where like I was drinking way too much and almost uh, revealing insecurities as like a defense mechanism. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you're so open and vulnerable. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is how I, you know, I'm taking power over it by joking about it and telling people about my insecurities. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has rubbed people the wrong way. And they're like, all right, guy. Yeah. Or, but mostly it was other people's stuff. Like, oh, remember this time that you cheated on, you know, or right. somebody and you're dropping truth bombs that were never meant to be dropped. Yeah. And it just, it, it definitely, I, I did make some mistakes and it, it soured some of my, my pre-comedy relationships. I've learned from it. You know, I've reconnected with some of those people on varying levels. Like, it's it's not the same. It's not like we were best friends or we'll hang out again anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've kind of made the peace with the fact that, yeah, I've made these mistakes. Yeah, you can't change the past. That's the, yeah, I definitely, what is it? I have, I would have like a bad habit of, uh, like, if I were to get into an argument with someone, like saying the thing that I think will cut the deepest. Mm-hmm. And but still like kind of doing it in a like jokey, funny way. But I'm still like definitely bringing up, yeah, like something you confided in me, and I'm like using it against you. Yeah, and that's like something I've definitely had to learn the hard way. That that oh, that makes people exit from your life, people that you like. And so I don't know. I just think that uh, I wanted to like change that and like go back and try to like garner forgiveness. Yeah. I can't, you know, it's just, if they're not willing to do it, then I'm, I gotta move on and not do that in the future. Yeah. And you just, you learn and move on and hopefully you're better from it at some point. And that's what comedy's kind of helped me is, is I don't, I don't bear all these, all these burdens on my back. Like you're untrustworthy people, you know, people don't like you. And I, it, for a long time, I've kept people, I still kind of keep people at a quasi arm's length. 
Yeah. I don't let a lot of people in. A lot of people have not hung out with me at my apartment. Right. That's like whenever I first moved in with Tony, he was like saying like, people are like, what's Parker like at home? Because like no one knew, like maybe three comedians had ever been to my apartment. And even like the people that were in that closer group, like we, I was the, uh, I was the outsider of that group still. Mm -hmm. Like I kept everyone at arm's length and just kept to myself, you know, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, I thought that I was happy doing that. And uh, then, you know, I was in a relationship with someone who's very outgoing and has like, like 20 different friend groups and is like constantly doing something. And so I, you know, experiencing that made me kind of want that more mm-hmm. like in my own life. Interesting. Yeah. I also don't know if that's like just, I want that just as a distraction currently, mm-hmm. but I definitely have in the past been happy just being alone. Yes. You know, there are some great alone moments of life that you can just like, Oh, there are sides of me that I, I don't let even people super close to me see. Right. Like, I, I can be very goofy and weird, and I was like, let me just kind of keep that to myself. Like, this, to myself. Yeah. <laughs> this is never done with anyone, and it's like a big fear. Like, what if you live with someone you're really, like, a significant other or something, and they catch you, you know? Like, right. you think you're alone. Like, you got your headphones on or something, and you're yeah you're being weird and all of a sudden you look over and someone's staring at you and you don't know how long they've been staring yeah that definitely happened to me with my first girlfriend we lived together for like a year Mm -hmm. and uh how i kind of write comedy is i stand up and i pace around and i kind of talk to myself in the mirror and uh (laughs) and i can't do that with other people in the room and she like saw me like open the door and i was just like yeah. <laughs> hey, leave, leave us alone. Uh, <laughs> I am in my creative process, and he just closed yeah. the door on her. Just excuse me. I am trying to create. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to need some space. So, has Tony caught you doing anything weird? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't. He, I didn't ask him on his episode anything yeah. like that. I just. I just remember razzing him, you, because uh, your parents are, he has struggles. He, he was talking about your, that y'all talk about life struggles. He's like, you're 25. What struggles? <laughs> what, what possible strife have you gone through in your short lives? Yeah. That make you I mean, so. This was like my first breakup that made me cry. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and I'm 26. Well, and it's not bad that you cried. There's no, there, I've, there's always, you know, a moment where you you realize it's just it, to me it's a lot of it is the change like i know i'm gonna be okay mm-hmm. i don't really want this to end but i understand why it is i just have to now adjust to now my daily routine isn't texting you or at you know right. or sending you know if i see something that we both laughed at to not forward you that that instagram or yeah, that's rough, you know? Yeah, it's like, ah <laughs> like, You have to have someone like a Tony or, you know, a close friend that you can send those to so you can kind of... Yeah, maintain that, yeah. Kind of wean yourself off of it, but also, you know, not cold turkey. Because then all yeah. of a sudden now, oh, now you're reflecting on it. 
that's what I've kind of been doing is like on my calendar back there, I have names of friends that either I haven't talked to in a while or like I still talk to regularly, but I just want to keep talking to them that I, you know, I'm like calling some, like two people a week and like having hour long conversations just to like hang out and talk. So you're overstaying your welcome with people yeah. you don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's reconnect. So, okay, Parker. But yeah okay guy yeah <laughs> i haven't talked to you in four years <laughs> i was like yeah i know it's <laughs> what have you been up to <laughs> well it's good that you're reaching out and that you're at least you know acknowledging you know that this is a, a pain point may you know a fear but also a fear that you want to try to address and somewhat make better or be more comfortable with the hardest part is to me is when you're doing it, when you either one don't achieve it or you don't know if you achieved it or not. And you just, you're in that limbo status of did that happen or have I, you know, have I overstayed my welcome? Did I, and you can just be like, okay, I'm out of this conversation and, or yeah. I'm out of this, I'm out of this girl's apartment yeah, or this relationship. Yeah. yeah, I do feel like that's half the reason it ended was because I felt unwanted. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I get it. But you're, I feel like at some point you will find people that you're looking for. And, you know, maybe yeah. they were just the right person at that point in time. And now you've both become a different person and you'll, you're prepared for the next person you meet that you'll be yeah. more, you're better equipped to handle what they'll bring to the table. Yeah. To say that I definitely do think that I've come out better mm -hmm. than when I started the relationship. I think I have more confidence. You're I not, think that you don't have your brother riding around in a car right now, waiting <laughs> to pick you up. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. That won't happen again. Probably. <laughs> With his girlfriend, just yeah, right. <laughs> like you just get in the backseat, like the saddest yeah. The saddest 26-year-old <laughs> getting into his 18-year-old brother's backseat. The the worst Uber. The people it, yeah, it's an Uber uh, that it's an Uber that's still gonna see you again. His car is cooler than mine too. So <laughs> why is his car cooler than yours? He got a fifty thousand dollar scholarship to Pepperdine. And so for graduation he got a cool car. Since his parents don't have to help him pay for college. Okay. So what yeah. <laughs> what is he what is he doing that at Pepperdine? Right now it's a journalism major. So let me get this straight. <laughs> he got a cooler car because he got a scholarship for a dying industry. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're staying closer to home, working on a I guess sustainable degree and right. already <laughs> have a job that that could advance you and prove to be a worthwhile career. And he got the cooler car. Yeah. You know, it happens. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Uh, I'm happy for him, though. I'm, I'm, we all are. You're happy yeah. for him. You're just like, man, you know, if you need someone to drive that car for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were supposed to drive together to go because Pepperdine's in Malibu. Oh. And uh, yeah. We were going to drive together to go do that. But since they're not having classes this semester, it's all online. Uh, he has to he had to stay in Eastland, Texas <laughs> and go to college there. I guess it all works out. Right. Yeah. So, Parker, I thank you for doing this. 
Uh, where can people on social media find you if they wanted uh, to connect with you and overstay their welcome on your yes. social media? I was about to say, was, did I overstay my welcome on your podcast? No. Yes, uh, but, <laughs> yes you did a little bit. But I, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, uh, On Instagram, it's Parker Comedy. Mm-hmm. Straightforward. On Twitter, it's Parker Your Butt with a U-R. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Wait a second. Is this a comedy Twitter or is it or is there some other kind of side yeah, hustle? Silly. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't call it a side hustle if it involves the butt. That's more of a rear hustle. But... A rear hustle, yeah. Uh Parker your butt on OnlyFans. Uh <laughs> Do you have an OnlyFans? No, I don't have an OnlyFans. <laughs> what would your OnlyFans? Hey guys, I feel really nervous about taking off my clothes right now. Yeah. And then the video ends. And that's yeah. And that's your video. <laughs> I don't even do it. <laughs> you're just you're just super scared. I'll do it later. You check back. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I'm going live with. I might take off a shirt. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not really active on either of those. But you follow me. I'll okay. follow you back. Yeah. If you want to just get one extra follower, Parker, uh, your butt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's it. All right. And hopefully the soon to begin you're overstaying your welcome podcast. Yeah. I, I love think, it. Yeah. I think it'd be just fun because you could just have your friends on and just see yeah. see it when they give up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives up first? Yeah. Well, thanks again, Parker. Talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So that's Parker Slavens. You can see how innocent he is even in this interview. He's a good friend, good guy. I'm happy to have him. I really relate to his fear, though. That's such a... That's it's one I've constantly got to work on. And this podcast has kind of helped with that. I've gotten better at listening and not overstepping or interrupting. I feel like in, as these episodes come out, you've... I've noticed it at least as we show some progression here and my interview skills to be able to just kind of hold back that ability of, uh, uh, you know, jumping into the conversation mid-sentence. And there's been a lot of editing on earlier episodes where I was not as good as I would like to be on that front. And so I try to edit those situations out as much as possible so that in future episodes, and I just learn from it and try to focus on it when I do do my interviews. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. It's been a better week, good weather here, no more freezing snow or ice. It's been 70 degrees this whole week. My windows have been open. Work has been great. Got my taxes done. And I'm ready for my mom's birthday this week. So I'm excited about that. I already sent her her gift. She got a KitchenAid mixer after I asked if she wanted one for Christmas. And said, no, I'll never get one of those. They don't, I don't need them. Then she messaged me about a month ago. And lo and behold, they got a KitchenAid mixer. One bigger than I would have gotten them. They got the professional because apparently they're going to make bread for the rest of their lives. 
with his KitchenAid mixer. And so since she, me and her grew up with a nostalgia thing of ham omelets, my grandmother would make, would grind up ham and throw it in with some scrambled eggs. And we, we would have these patties of ham and egg. And my mom is different. She likes them with A1 or ketchup. And I like them just plain. But it's just the, it's the egginess versus the salty chew of the ham that makes it so good. And since my mom doesn't have a grinder, but she does have a KitchenAid, for her birthday, I got her a, a KitchenAid attachment set of three. She got a citrus juicer, a meat grinder for, for making those said ham omelets with a extra tray that mine doesn't have. Mine's just the plain, I guess a little small two to three inch like pl- platform. She got a six to 10 inch tray that fits on top of the grinder so she has a lot of stuff she's grinding she can just stack it all up there and i got her the sausage stuffing set because my stepfather loves sausages and he's for he loves german food and sausages and kielbasa and things of that nature so they're going to attempt to make homemade sausage and so that was something i since they enjoy doing that that i decided to provide them for their birthday and she got it Immediately after I ordered on Amazon, I, Amazon was saying it may ship by her birthday, so I kind of was hoping it would get there a little before, but it got there way before. And so that was my week. Also, I did some shows at the Backdoor Comedy Club. I tried some new material. New as in I've done it at open mics and it did really well, but I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. And so that's been a struggle for me. Uh, yesterday was an extremely busy day. I had three podcast interviews along with some light cooking and as well as a lot of comedy as well. Like I did a show at Backdoor. I watched a opener at Hyenas that's from out of town to kind of gauge what he can do for us going forward. Then I cooked liver and onions that I had gotten on special at Kroger because I'm a, I'm a clearance meat person. Like I will go through the clearance section of a grocery store and just hoard all the clearance items and then try to cook them with produce before they all go bad in a mad dash. So I made liver and onions for like four days. Then I showered and got ready for to go out to comedy. I did some exercise. I walked for about three or four miles. I did three podcast interviews yesterday. All of them were amazing, amazing guests that we'll get into as we go through this podcast. I really enjoyed each and every one of their interviews. I had another interview on Tuesday with a public speaker, and that went amazingly well as, as well. We ha- I've had four great interviews. I've got more lined up. I got one today, later on today, with an author. So, you know, there's going to be some episodes coming. I'm going to rename the episodes a little bit and add their fear to the end of the title because I love naming them after songs. And so I'm still going to do that as my name, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Um, 
I was very excited. Some of the people I interviewed yesterday talked about how much they love my podcast and have listened to it. And so it's always cool to interview someone that's just as excited to be here as you are to interview. So that, you know, episodes are still forthcoming. I got more interviews lined up all the way through the month. And it's just, a, it's been a fun time as well as comedy and everything else that's going on. We're still working from home and home and from home. So we're getting used to it and there's no clear timetable again if work from home will be permanent or not. We're just going to keep working from home until we're told otherwise. I thank you guys for listening. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o. Get it? H2O like water. You can also follow him on Facebook. Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans. S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'd be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger and... It's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there. And you can check me out at RyanPerio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening.